0: This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org We're so grateful that you've tuned in today because we just need to understand that there's lost people everywhere. And your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers, our employees may ever meet. It's so important that we keep Romans 12, 2 at the top of our minds, Martha, every day. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Martha, it's so important that our listeners understand they can get a hold of us anytime and leave us a message so we can contact
1: them. They can, Jim, and um, they might ask themselves, why in the world would I do that? But one of the reasons that we want to encourage that is just for our listeners to call us. Let us know what's going on in their workplace, share a story, share um, some impact, or maybe even share a struggle. Maybe there's something that they really want us to kind of digest on the air, and we haven't tackled that topic in the past. Um, So they can call our listener line at 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK.
0: That's right. 866 right, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. That's our listener line. It's open 24 365 We would love to hear from you. Leave us some questions. We've got, uh, not every day do we get a chance to answer some of the questions that our listeners leave, but we uh, love to have them stacked up so we can uh, open up a show, answer some of those questions. Hey, today we've got a really cool show for you. You know, it seems like a simple concept love on your people show them that they're valued respected and boom they perform better yet so often we find employers treat their people like numbers and a commodity and create work environments that are toxic and destructive and no i'm not just talking about workplaces run by people who don't know jesus i'm talking about workplaces run by christians and pre-believers how can we change all this how can we as an i work for him listener impact our workplace you know we can leave by we can lead by valuing all people from the bottom of the organization to the top, whether they receive it or not. Today we hop on over to Pennsylvania in an organization called Value of the Person. We have Nancy McDonald, John Turian, and Barb Yogan joining us for the day to talk about how you could transform your organization and open up an opportunity for many fruitful kingdom conversations by coming up with the value of the person. Nancy, Barbara, John, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much. Good to be with me, Thank Jim. you. Jim. All All right. Right. And, and John, I didn't ask before the beginning of the show, how do you really say your last name? I, I, I made a swing at it, but I should have asked first.
2: I, I thought you did it perfectly. All right.
0: All right, very good. Okay, Excellent. Nancy, as the, as the CEO of Value of the Person, I really want to hear from your heart first, how did you become a Jesus follower?
3: I became a Jesus follower when he touched my heart. It was many, many years ago. Um, Always was raised in the church. Uh, But I actually went to a Billy Graham crusade when I was uh, like middle school. And that's really where um, I probably say I accepted Christ. Um, And it's been a journey of faith ever since then. And I would say that probably in the last um, six, eight years has been a true, even deeper relationship. And I think where I've come is that I have come from uh, knowing Jesus to really now having a special relationship with him as as well.
1: Mm. That's so good. So um, continuing on with our guest that we have here today, Barb Yogan, tell us how you became a follower of Jesus.
4: Wow. Well, this is actually a really emotional question for me, mm. because I I grew up in a Christian home, and I think I would always have said, yes, I'm a Christian, but I, I don't believe, looking back, that I had a real relationship with the Lord until, really it wasn't until my family was in a terrible crisis. We had a terrible um, crisis, and my one son got into some deep trouble, and I became so ashamed, not of him, but of myself, that I couldn't go to church. And at the time, I was very involved in my church. I was on committees, and I sang in the choir, and I was just so ashamed of myself that I couldn't go to church. So I started to literally run. I was running to sweat off the anxiety and the crisis and the panic that I was feeling, And I would run on Sundays instead of going to church, and I ran around uh, the county jail. And I would listen to some worship music, and it was really through a worship song that I was listening to. As I was running across the Smithfield Street Bridge in Pittsburgh, I remember the exact spot where the Lord touched me, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me through that song that said, and he said just worship me so Mm. it was shortly after that that my son went to a three-quarter house and really it was a ministry and that is where i came that i just fell in love with the lord
0: Hmm. very cool john what about you how did you become a jesus follower
2: well i've i've been i was born and raised into a very strong catholic family as the oldest of eight children uh my parents imbued each of us with a deep sense of faith. that was part of our life. It was really in, well oh, probably 40 years ago, that uh, I experienced a Curcio retreat. Mm-hmm. In the and I came out of that deeply called and challenged that it's not what happens on Sunday. It's what we live between the Sundays and that we've been called by Jesus in, the, in our faith as a personal relationship and looking at a personal change. And that has shaped uh, my life from that point uh, and continued to grow and be challenged in uh, what we're called to. I don't know. I, I read um, at one time Francis Thompson's poem, uh, you know, that basically uh, The Hound of Heaven, and I would say, I can't I can describe it to you, can't read it, but I know who the Hound of Heaven is. Mm. And I felt I've been called whatever directions of my life has gone on to, I've always been called back. Hmm. And called I, back I, to be the awareness.
0: I love the fact that you mentioned Crescio because we've had many people share how a, a Crescio event, a Crescio retreat, or a three-day silent retreat offered uh, by some uh, uh, Catholic retreat centers just have been hugely impactful. All right, we've got to go really quick so we don't run out of time in this segment. How does your faith shape your work, John?
2: In this way, it, it started with uh, coming out of the fact that um, it's not just work. I would say it's my life, Jim. I'm told, you know, one of the uh, strong power phrases that I came out of the, you know, the Curcio experience was, is, bloom where you're planted. And pray as if everything depends on God. Work as if everything depends on you. I, too, look at my family, my friends, my co-workers, my enemies, people I'm with, is saying, You know, at the end of the day, we are called, you know, to a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. And how do I change myself to be a better, um, I want to call it witness, a better friend uh, to those I'm with?
1: Mm. And Barb, just give us a little sneak peek there. How does your faith shape your work? (laughs) Well...
4: Um, I have a a personal motto it's kind of simple to me my motto is it's all about love and uh, that's what drives my work I work for Jesus and it's really Mm -hmm. that Jesus at this point in my life is the reason for my work
0: (laughs) very cool now Nancy as president and CEO of value of the person we're going to hear lots more about this during the next segment how does faith shape your work every day
3: well, Jim, for me, um, there's been a journey, and, and you know the terminology of the values of person, but for me, the whole thing that with my father, Wayne Alderson, and through the last 35 years, is how do, how do I take what I believe that God has given us in terms of a calling, and how do we make that real? And so... So that has really been the journey is how do we take the, the mission field of the workplace? And so that faith that has grown and the relationship with Jesus is so powerful to say, I am called to bring light and salt and to gifted with this organization of the value of the person. Really not an organization, but truly it's more of a movement. Mm-hmm. And so to, it be is. Able, to be able to make that um, and to be gifted, I believe God has given um, me um, right. the opportunity for that.
0: Today we're talking about the ministry, the business-tree of valueoftheperson.com. Valueoftheperson.com. Nancy McDonald, President and CEO, is with us along with John Turian and Barb Yogan, and they're all going to share more about what this is all about. Nancy McDonald, tell us. Where did value of the person come from?
3: Well, value of the person began um, around 40 years ago. Um, My father, Wayne Alderson, is the founder, and God really touched his heart. Um, He's definitely one that proves that one person can make a difference. You know, and when you're purposeful and whenever you're willing to um, not let the pain keep you from your purpose. And so my father had a, a tough beginning in the coal fields and then he went to World War Two and there's a great story there. I'd love to tell your listeners sometime. Mm-hmm. From that he was he was sent to a foundry in Pittsburgh called Pitron. And at that point he was a controller, made head of operations of a plant that was great distress, wildcat strikes um, just everything negative. And so he came in there with one heart and that's say, How do I take my faith and what I believe that Christ has called me to out of from underneath the steeple into the workplace? And so there in that dirty, awful foundry, he began to to begin to just love the people there. And so that sounds a little bit trite, but that's really what took place. And now, do
0: you know what his motivating factor? Nancy, do you know what his motivating factor was? I mean, you know, a lot of I mean, forty years ago, for somebody to be having these thoughts, it's pretty out of the box kind of thoughts. Had he heard a sermon, or what was it that motivated him to say, "Hey, I need to start looking at the people that work with me, that do the dirty work that that, that I work alongside in the accounting department, that that they need to know that they're loved." Where did that come from? That idea.
3: Well, I think it came from the Holy Spirit really stirring him, but there was a moment, and when he was made the head of operations for this plant, it was really probably to close it. But he had attended um, a retreat. Actually, Barb and I had, was, were there as part of that retreat. It was a church retreat at the Ligonier Valley Study Center. Um, R.C. Sproul was there leading the retreat. It was when it was in the Pittsburgh area. And um, during that time, R.C. gave a message that said, do not let the light hide under the bushel, that you need to go in and you need to make a difference. And from that, he, whether it was, I believe it was the Holy Spirit gave him the courage, he had one mission, and that was to go in and to see the people. His whole thing was that, how do we get to the employee? How do I give them value and love and dignity and respect and he was just truly called that. There, that he needed to be to have a vision to say things don't have to be the same.
2: Mm. Jim, could I add to that also that prior even to Bitron, Wayne's experience in World War II, uh, his, his dear friend Red Preston actually took a bullet and died in Wayne's arms in, in a in, in a trench and Wayne, and he was scarred himself and from that point on uh, in my experience with him he felt deeply called for that reason that the example of someone giving his life that he was called to a higher purpose
1: mm. well that can have an impact like you know those of us that have never experienced that can't even imagine but we can you know we can try to picture that and see that that is such a beautiful representation of what we know that Jesus Christ did for us. So, Nancy, what um, on your website it talks about universal truth? So, what is that truth that you have built value of the person around?
3: One of the things that is common for um, Barb and John and myself sitting around this table, something that you and I have in common in every person who's listening is that each one of us very desperately wants to be treated with value and with love and dignity and respect. It is a God-given right that we have and that God has created each one of us. That's one thing that keeps us together. It's that common denominator that we have. For us, the, the bullseye of what we talk about with love and dignity and respect is love. That is the bullseye, and that is that universal truth That And how do we then, you know, begin to make that real? We all want to be valued, but what does it mean? It's more difficult to value and to love. We think we're all doing it, but how do we make that real? And how do we make that part of our business? How do we make that part of just the way of life and how we do things? Our culture you know, that that whole entity there, but it is truly based on the idea of love and value and and the biblical principles that God has given us. Hmm.
1: So you mentioned a couple other people that are there with you around the table. Why don't you um, tell our listeners um, about Barb and John and what their roles are there within value of the person?
3: All right. Well, again, my father who started it, I had the privilege of working with him for about 35 Mm -hmm. years. He passed away. He's now with Jesus, um, and that was six years ago. Mm -hmm. And in the course of that time with um, the journey that that God placed me on with my father and preparing me, I believe, for such a time as this, to be able to take the value of the person and to take that calling and to continue that on. And so through those 35 years, um, Barb played a significant role because she and I actually grew up across the street from each other. And so we had always have been like sisters um, through our time uh, together. Um, in that course, Barb has had a different kind of a career, and, and but we always were together. And so when my dad had passed um, you know, in that course of time, um, Barb and I got together, and I said, Hey, Barb, you know, you know she was taking a, a different direction in terms of her career, and, and obviously I was trying to see where things would go with Sally as a person. And we said, Hey, we want to change the world. And, um, and so together she has come mm-hmm. in and to be a true um, partner with me, not just a partner but in this whole um, mission. You know, to say, you know what, uh, God's brought us back together to be able to carry this message of love, and how do we do that? And so Barb's, you know, really a right hand, left hand, and we're in it together with the same vision.
1: Great. Um,
3: John, John Turian, um, God brought us together years ago, when he ran a plant, a Heinz plant in Pittsburgh, another tremendous story. Um, we were brought together uh, probably 35 years ago as well. And John um, actually brought Dad and, my, and me into the plant um, to teach value of the person. So and let's so stop there for a second. So,
0: so, so, John, tell us about that experience. You saw something value of the person was doing. Tell us about the experience of bringing them into that Heinz plant.
2: Well, what brought me to that point, I had, in my career, uh, had experience. my father worked for the first steel mill that closed in the city of Pittsburgh. We were a family of eight, and someone had lost their job, and and I experienced what that meant. It changed my life. I had to mm-hmm. go to work rather than to school, but I grew up through that, and I did my education. I came, you know, I ended up becoming we married. My wife Dorothy. We ended up uh, actually leaving Pittsburgh for a while, came back, but uh, I then went to, and. Received so, my John, we're
0: really, we're really running tight on time. I really yeah. need you to get so. Right. So why, how, why did you bring in the, the person in?
2: I took over the Heinz factory. I moved my way up through Heinz, took over the factory. It was an old plant. It was no longer state-of-the-art. We were talking about exiting businesses. And I looked at the people and said, we cannot close this business. Mm-hmm. How can we make a difference? in people to change the way we operate and i met nancy through her college roommate which i think was providence i then met wayne brought them in and we were very successful over a few years of changing that plant and operation to a very successful one
0: okay so here's the deal we're talking today about the the business tree I we call it it's a ministry but it's a business tree it is a business of it's called The Value of the Person online, valueoftheperson.com, mm-hmm. valueoftheperson.com. Creating a culture of relationships, building positive change. That's what Value of the Person is all about. Nancy, before I, I want to ask Barbara a question, but I just, you're, Nancy McDonald is here. She's the, found, she's the daughter of the founder, the president and CEO of valueoftheperson.com. Nancy, why do people bring in your organization why do they bring them in?
3: People bring value the person in. Um, always there has to be somebody who kind of gets the bigger, the bigger picture, but they actually bring us in um, in order to build a different culture. Uh, a lot of organizations, um, because we work in secular companies, and so they want to change things, um, we go in to work with them as long as we believe that they're doing it for the right reason.
0: Mm, I love that so Barb your role coming in alongside your longtime friend growing up across the street from Nancy I love that story and really when you look at, at pictures of the two of you could be sisters I mean I mean you can <laughs> tell that you've spent a lot of time together <laughs> what, what is it about value the person that you that, that, that you love
4: Well I guess what I would say I love about it is I love the people I love the Being with people, in fact, Jim, it's actually where I get my energy, and I love seeing what happens just when we spend a few days with people, and everything that we do, it's just not based on a textbook at all. It's truly based on the heart. We we work to touch people's hearts and get people to open up and to get to know each other. In our groups, we work with labor, with employees, with supervisors and managers all at once, and we really... We start out with um, keeping it so that everybody has respect for everyone, that no one is better than anyone else, and they're not seen for their uh, titles or their roles, but they're seen as people. And I, I just happened to see yesterday in church, this wasn't what was preached about, but I came across the scripture in Peter where it says, "'Honor all men.'" And I think, gosh, that's what this is about. It's about honoring every person. I'm quoting the Bible, but sometimes I quote Dr. Seuss because he says a person's a person no matter how small. So it is about bringing people together, building relationships, and seeing people as people.
1: So one of the things that I think is so intriguing about value of the person is the fact that a lot of people that we have met over the years, Jim, they're bringing in organizations to help them with the culture within a, you know, um, I don't know, some business that's being run in a high-rise somewhere. And you guys have a very, very unique niche. Why don't you talk about that? One of you, you can pick who wants to talk about that, but let, let our listeners know what type of organizations you guys are going into and who you're speaking to.
3: Well, over the years, um, we have been um, in probably every major, or so many of the major companies, from mm-hmm. the left to Ford to Boeing, um, as, a re- as well as so many small, you know, family businesses, hospitals, healthcare, and so we are out in the real world, um, mm-hmm. and and are able to whenever there's a person who um, in leadership that is in a position where they understand and that they want to go beyond um, just a program because we're about bringing a way of life. And so that takes something unique, but I have found over 35, 40 years that you know, there are people out there that um, want to make impact and are at the right place at the right time.
0: So, Nancy, are you only dealing with union shops or do you deal with, I mean, and are you only dealing in the manufacturing environment or or, or is it more varied than that?
3: Oh, no. We do a lot of work in manufacturing for sure. We do Work in union organizations, non-union, um, but we do a lot of work mm. in universities, schools, service, restaurants, um, in healthcare, care, um, education. Because wherever there is people, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. where the value of the person works. And so it doesn't matter because, as I said, the message is about the value of the person. And it's the message that brings us together.
0: Okay, well, saying that you that you that it's all about the value of the person i mean that's yeah you know, that's like that's a great church kind of thing but you know, out there in industry certainly you guys growing up in steel country and coal country where you know the union shops were tough shops they were tough places to work i mean like you said the foundry it was an awful ugly dirty nasty smelly hot place um, the value of the person that wasn't something that was talked about 50 years ago when your dad was working in the foundry, it wasn't talked about. I mean, when people say, Nancy, you're talking about me loving on my people, showing that they're value, respecting these people. That's just a bunch of bunk. Do people ever say that to you?
3: Oh, well, I would say that, yes, that I've heard that. In fact, there was one company where we were working and the CEO said, are you kidding me? You telling me that I need to love and value my employees? and expect nothing in return? And we said yes, because with the value of the person, we also have something we talk about, which is theory R. Why do we want to do this? Why would we want to implement it? And and this is why value of the person and what we do is very radical, and it's because it is right, period. That Mm -hmm. is a radical approach in the business community. And so we have some things that we base that on, which is, You know, building great relationships, uh, taking responsibility, you know, doing what is right, reconciliation, but that is the essence.
2: And I would say it's predicated, and we've talked about this, Jim, that the greatest commandment we have is love the Lord God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Who is our neighbor? How about ourselves? And we talk about transcending, that love, dignity, and respect gets put into action by acts of kindness. And we talk about affirming each other, appreciating each other, and recognizing. So it's not just a theoretical academic expression. This is a very real way of living. How do we recognize our families? This is not just the workplace. It's the family, the home place the neighborhood our social space each one of us interacts and need to affirm appreciate and recognize in each environment hmm.
1: so so let's um make that really real for our listeners to hear so you're talking to someone who's brought you into an organization you say you know i want you to Love on your people and not expect anything in return. But the truth of the matter is that there ends up probably being a big return, which is why they bring you in hoping for a shift in the organization. What does that shift look like? Yeah, Barb, why don't you comment on that?
4: Sure, sure. Well, it's it's kind of simple um you know throughout our time together with people we do a lot of interactive activities and we get them involved and we 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 get people to a point where they're comfortable with each other we talk about dropping baggage we which is a tough one we talk about what kind of legacy they want to leave so we do a lot of groundwork in the beginning but by the end, we have them make personal, each person makes a personal commitment and we share what those are. And interestingly, they make commitments like, I'm going to get to know everybody's name or I'm going to meet people at the clock when they're clocking in. I'm going to shake some hands. And mm-hmm. so although, although those things sound simple, they are transformational in the yeah. culture, in the atmosphere, in the environment and those things are really acts of love it's an act of love to call somebody by their name
0: wow so you're Another, saying
4: sim-
0: <clears throat> you're saying things as simple as getting to know somebody's name can make an impact <laughs> on culture
4: absolutely absolutely it sounds simple when you isolate it like that but when you build it into all of the other uh, the way we build in acts of kindness and just it's so much about drawing awareness to people because People tend to compartmentalize who they are. When they come to work, they're one person. When they go home with their family, they're another person. And it's about coming to be aware of, wait a minute, I'm the same person that I am with my family. How can I treat the people at work the way I'm treating people that I really care about?
2: The encouragement to every person in every workshop we're into is to recognize that the value of the person is not a company program. Mm-hmm. The value of the person is a personal process calling each person to personal change. The only person we can change is ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, people can go to the website, which is valueoftheperson.com, valueoftheperson.com. And, you know, I think one of the things I'm hearing you say is that the value of, I mean this seems really obvious but the value is in the person not necessarily in the task that they're doing although they they might do it really well but you're you're drawing out something that's way more personal than um, doing a job well it's being it's really realizing who they are, and I think that's that's exciting when you think about the change that can happen around you when people feel that value so Jim
0: nancy why don't you give us a success story of a, of a uh, let's talk about one of these union shops union manufacturing shops whether it maybe maybe it was a steel mill or a coal place or, or or somewhere up in pittsburgh that that's one of those more rough and tumble areas where you have seen cultural transformation <coughs>
3: The one place that truly stands out, and that's a a plant in St. Louis, it's a a steel foundry uh, union operation, and there was a gentleman who was the plant manager, and he always would say, he said he would look at his facility and he would say, like, what makes us different? Every foundry has all the same equipment, you know, and so... So everybody has the same technology, basically. What is going to get us to get beyond kind of where we are? Mm -hmm. And he um, threw a huge story, but he began to grab onto the aspect of the value of the person. He took personal responsibility. Here he is, the plant manager. He has a union president. They don't even speak for two years. How can anything good happen there? (laughs) And so he began to look at himself and and his union counterpart um, came to a seminar because one thing unique with us is we only do sessions where we try to at least initially have employees and management together So bottom line it we're
0: almost out of time bottom line it what happened in this company really quick
3: this company is still in existence today they work with guy the person for 15 years always trying to get better dealing with legacy mm. dealing with luggage. So they are making impact. They are here. They are here, successful, globally. Very cool.
0: Very cool. Hey, you're listening to the I Work For Him radio show, and we're talking ministry, the business tree of valueoftheperson.com. Valueoftheperson.com. Let's just say you work in an organization where there tends to be a them and us mentality. Management versus labor, or uh, upper management versus middle management versus the just the the overall everybody else its management and everybody else where maybe the people that you lead feel like they're not valued <clears throat> that's where valueoftheperson.com comes in they come in and help organizations well Nancy McDonald as president and ceo Give us an example of somebody who called you recently. Maybe you don't want to give out the name of the company cuz they're just getting started in this, but they're they're like, "Hey, we're struggling. How can you help?" Give us one of those stories.
3: Well, there's a great story about a company in Canada, and in this company, it was it was looked at, it was it's a division of a large company, and they were looked at as uh, the downtrodden, the plant mm-hmm. at the bottom of the barrel. And so there was somebody who decided that, you know what, maybe we'll take a look at at value of the person. In this company, there were 48 countries represented. Unbelievable. And again, what touches everyone is our hearts are the same. And so we were brought in there, and this company, because it had a great plant manager of vision, this company, um, this division, things have turned around. And they turned around because the people began to see each other as people. And so one great example, this one gentleman, his, he looked in one of the seminars and he turned around and he looked at his manager and he said, I just want you to know my name. I want you to wow. know my name. And so lots of things like that change personally has totally changed with this division now is moving up. It's being recognized as being of value because of the people and of the heart.
0: Excellent. So, Barb, when you get, br- I mean, do you guys only get brought into companies that are run by Christians?
4: Oh, absolutely not. In <laughs> fact, <That's>, um, <laughs> the one that Nancy was just talking about is just a, a, a familiar and great story because it's a current situation we're working with. But the leaders there are, are specifically not Christians. And where there are 48 countries, there are just about as many religions represented right. there. So, um, but, it, but love is, you know, being valued and loved is the universal. It's what everyone has in common. So definitely not called in by just Christians. However, there's always a leader, some kind of a leader who just knows that there's more and that gets it and, and sees the value of valuing our people.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does it? Uh, do the customers ever ask you, Barb, do they ever ask you, hey, where's all this stuff come from, this love stuff?
4: <laughs> well, sometimes they do, I guess. Um, you know, it, it's, we, we don't specifically talk about the Bible, but in our meetings, people pick up right away that we're yeah. Christians, that we're believers. And there are always... There's never been a time that there weren't a few believers in the group, and they will come up to us at breaks and, you know, before and after and, and specifically ask us questions and and talk about how, oh my goodness, this is bringing Jesus into the workplace, and it strengthens them as believers to be able to talk about that as well.
1: You know, Jim, and it just makes, it makes me think about the fact that um, that's true of all of us, if we would just live with a um, a perspective of loving people around us. we're That's yeah. bringing Jesus everywhere we go. And for, yeah. for whatever reason in our culture, we have compartmentalized so many things, but this just opens that door back up and say, you know what, just love the people around you. So I hope yeah. that our listeners yeah. kind of take that away out of this conversation even if they don't the That engage. love transforms
0: organizations. That's yeah. right. Hey, John, you, you sound like you want to jump in there and we cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah. I said,
2: What we're encouraging <laughs> is the dropping of labels and stereotypes. And there are people. It begins with the first introductions. If everybody talks about themselves and gives a symbol of who they are, we, we have, as Nancy said earlier, a president sitting next to a factory janitor for two days getting to know someone as a person without title, without responsibility. And we continue to do this. We talk about baggage. The people have been there 30 years, 35 years in places, and very, don't even know names, but they've built up a lot of resentments. And this mm-hmm. comes out. We focus at the end of this on reconciliation. It's amazing, and it's heartwarming to see relationships either get restored or even built that didn't exist. Hmm.
0: Hmm. John, what's your favorite story? Of you know, You've watched this from the outside as a customer, now that you're on the inside helping train organizations. What's your favorite story of how value of the person came in and transformed an organization?
2: I don't know if I have a favorite story. I, I believe... So just pick one. That I think, and I would pick one. Well, I would say that uh, I have seen... Uh, a situation where uh, people and, – and maybe I'll go back to the Nance one, uh, Nancy's example of the plant where there was 40-some different cultures where people didn't have languages, and I've always had my biases and opinions of diversity, but they came together and began to, to value each other's uh, not only race, religion, culture – and they celebrate it now. And, it, and it's, I am, like, blown away at how people came to express each other to who they are as people.
0: Hmm. And, 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 Nancy, let's talk about cultural transformation, because you're introducing loved organizations that pretty much aren't known for love. Big organizations, you mentioned some big names. and you're talking about union shops and union organizations where there's labor and management issues, and uh, you're bringing love. Do people ever go, what? you Love? What? You want me to turn my company around on love? I mean, how do people react to you when you say stuff like that?
3: Well, initially, we don't really go in and say that we're just going to focus to them on love. But we, we talk about we talk about three very unique words. When we talk about love, we talk about how do we need to make that real. So how do we, we have affirmation? How do we become great at affirming each other? For dignity, how do we become great at appreciating each other? For respect, how do we become great at recognizing each other? And so that's where we come together and we focus on that. And out of that people begin to get what love and dignity and respect is. In terms of the unions, unions were built not just to get economics. They were right. built on how do we receive dignity and respect. A lot of times, though, things have changed where you don't see them fighting for that as much, but you see them fighting for the economics and the health care, which is mm-hmm. extremely important. But where we come is to say, let's get behind working together reconciling so that we can truly lead whether we're a union official in, a, in an organization or a manager that we can lead for what is right and that is to to give people love and dignity and respect to value them to to do the sacrifice that is needed to make people begin to see that we can run an organization on doing what's right. That doesn't mean we're easy. We need to be tough and high standards.
1: You know, so give our listeners just a tip or two um, about what they can do in their workplace, even today or tomorrow, um, to to try to make a difference in just a a few moments.
3: Well, I'll say quickly and then everybody can say, to me, you make a decision that when you choose to walk into your office, that you look people in the eye, you have a good spirit, and that you smile and you say hello. Now, that sounds really simple, but Mm -hmm. think about the times that we don't ever do that. We get focused in our own world, and we get brought down by our disappointments, and we don't do those things. The person is simple and profound. Yeah, Nancy, I
4: I like that one. And I I heard a, a radio preacher one day saying, well, how is somebody else's life going to be different because they cross my path today? Yeah. And I think if we walk into the office or to the work or to the plant or to the store thinking, oh, my goodness, I have tremendous responsibility. How am I mm-hmm. going to have a positive impact on everybody that crosses
0: my path today? Mm-hmm. John, what about you? I would say it's
2: really the most powerful tool we have is personal contact, how we relate to one another, how we communicate. And communication is not just words. In fact, it's very minute in what it means. It's more the tone, but more importantly, not what we say, but what we don't say, our body language. Powerful, powerful tool of communication, personal contact.
0: Very good. We invite you, our audience, to check out online, valueoftheperson.com, valueoftheperson.com. Perhaps you work in an organization that's not real good at that. You could just say, Hey, I just heard about this new organization on the radio today, valueoftheperson.com. But I love the fact that you guys are focusing on, you don't say the word love up front. You talk about affirmation, appreciation, and recognition, which really is communicating love to people in great ways. (laughs) Thank Mm -hmm. you to Nancy McDonald and Barb Yogan and John Turian. Thank you guys for calling in today from Value of the Person. Thanks for sharing about your organization. Thanks for the incredible work you guys are doing.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)
0: You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.